This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the One Verse Podcast. I'm your teacher for this podcast, Jeremy Myers. We're into June now. Pretty exciting. Into summer. It's pretty warm here in Oregon. One of our first warm days of the year so far. So my family and I are pretty excited about that. We get so much rain here in Oregon, so it's nice to finally see some sun. Today we're going to be looking at Romans 5.12. Paul talks about how sin and death came into the world. And lots of people read this text and they think, oh yeah, sin, whenever we disobey God, and death, oh sure, when we die from sickness and old age. And then Paul goes on to talk about how Jesus came to bring us life instead and forgiveness and all of that that he talks about in Romans. And when you read that text, is that what you think? That the death he is referring to is death from sickness, death from old age, and you know, accidents and other bad things that happen to us in life? Well, if that's the case, we are going to see something completely different today about death from Scripture and come to a whole new understanding of Romans 5.12. So that's what is in store for our study today. And I do have a new book I'm working on. Just to give you a little bit of announcements, uh, uh, what's coming up. I will make more announcement about that next week when it is officially published. So make sure you join us then. And by the way, also, if you do like today's study on death, uh, I do encourage you to join my online discipleship group. Today's study is drawn in part from my Gospel Dictionary online course. This Gospel Dictionary online course looks at 52, 52 keywords of the Gospel, and uh, death, obviously, is one of them. Uh, as you study these 52 keywords, you will come to a greater understanding of the Gospel, how to live it out in your own life, and also how to share it with others. It's a really exciting course, along with the five or six other courses, and along with this new book I'm coming out, there's going to be another course that I am adding as well. And uh, this course will be a little more humorous <laughs> than the other ones that I have put out. So I think you'll enjoy it if you're part of the discipleship group. To learn more or join today, just go to redeeminggod.com join. You get free eBooks, all of my courses, over $1,000 worth of courses, plus access to my private Facebook group, which is available to uh, group members only. So anyway, redeeminggod.com join. Can't wait to see you there. All right. Let's get into our study then of Romans 5, 12 through 21. So in Romans 5, 12, Paul writes that through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. All right, so when, when people read this text, first of all, as mentioned earlier, they think that death is referring to death from disease and sickness and old age, you know, this physical death that all people experience. And then they think that when Paul is referring to how death entered the world and death through sin, they the people go back and they think of Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And you know the story, so I don't need to summarize it for you. But I want to ask you, is that really what Paul has in mind? I don't think so. So what we're going to do is consider the context of Genesis 3 and Romans 5 to see what Paul really is thinking. And when we do that, we will also be defining the word death 
and how it is primarily used in Scripture, and that will help us better understand both Genesis 3, Genesis 4, Romans 5, and really the rest of Scripture as well. All right, so let's begin with sort of some context study from uh, Genesis 3. Now, Genesis 3 was partly written to help answer questions that humanity have, have always had. Humans everywhere around the world have wondered, where did death come from? How can we escape death? We all have this longing or desire in our hearts or in our mind uh, to live forever, to, to escape death and to not experience death, all right? And some people even fear death. And then, of course, there's these questions about what happens after death, and is there a way to return to life after death, and what is death? All these sorts of questions. And the Bible, among many other reasons, the Bible was partly written to help us answer these questions. And it's really important to understand Genesis 3, Genesis 4, Genesis 5, and so on, because these are the foundational chapters for uh, not just Genesis, but really for the entire Bible as well. And, uh, you know, we could go into a great study here, and, and I could point out that um, many people think that death is a curse from God, right? Adam and Eve sin, so God comes along, I'm going to curse you to death. Okay, so lots of people, even Christians, think that death is a curse. That, that was a result of, of human sinful rebellion in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve ate the, the, the fruit from the, the forbidden tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They weren't supposed to, so God came along, angry God, cursed them with death, and of course all of us hum, humans as well who, who came from Adam and Eve. All right, And then this way of thinking gets carried over into how we understand texts related to the gospel and also uh, various uh, passages in the Bible which talk about death. But here's what I want to encourage you to think about. When you do a careful study of Genesis 2 through 7, chapters 2 through 7, and understand what is being said about death and dying in these chapters, you will come to a very different conclusion about death. All right, now, it is true, I don't, I don't want to alarm you, it is true that physical death came upon humans as a result of eating that forbidden fruit, eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Here's what is not true, though. It is not true that God cursed humans with death. It's not true that God sent death upon humans to punish them for their rebellion, for their sin, for their disobedience. What most people don't realize, and here I'm going to say something shocking, most people do not realize that death was built in to creation from the very beginning. Before Adam and Eve ever ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, death existed. Now, I don't have time to get into proofs or evidence for that, uh, but if you do want to hear me explain that in more detail, uh, you can go listen to episode 9 of my One Verse podcast. I'm teaching there on Genesis 1, 11 and 12. And I'm just showing you that the way God set up the world, death is required. It is part of God's good, uh, part of God's very good creation. Death was inherent in God's good creation. Now, having said that, God never intended humans to die. Okay, Death is built into creation, is part of creation, but God never intended death to come upon humans. And uh, one of the reasons we know that is because God gave humans the tree of life. 
Eating from the tree of life was the way humans were going to escape death, avoid death, keep living on forever and ever. But what happened is, is is Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil instead, uh, or maybe along with, they, they ate from this forbidden tree. And when that happens, yes, death came upon humans, but it's not because God cursed humans with death. It's because God barred them from eating from the tree of life. All right, they could no longer eat from the tree of life and therefore live forever. Now you say, well, Jeremy, you're sort of, you know, mincing words here, or it's the same difference. Uh, if, If God stopped them from eating from the tree of life, then that's no different from God cursing them with death, right? Well, it is true that God is the one responsible for keeping humans from eating from the tree of life. All right, but I want to point out something very important to you. This is not a curse. It is actually a blessing. Yes, you heard me right. Death is a blessing. Despite the way you might feel about it, despite the way most people feel about it, death is actually a blessing from God. Think about it. As much as you want eternal life, if you start to think about it, eternal life in this sinful body is actually a living hell. Eventually, this life is just so full of frustration and aches and pains and sorrow and grief and despair and sickness and war and famine, all these problems that came about as a result of eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that living forever in this state is actually living in hell, living under a state of curse that we brought upon ourselves. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they permanently damaged their relationship with each other. We see them turn on each other and starting to blame and accuse each other. They permanently damage their relationship with God so that they hide from him and they no longer feel that sense of unity and oneness with God. All of that's described in Genesis 3 verses 7 through 21. And the only way God can repair these connections is by allowing our physical bodies to die so that he could resurrect us, raise us up, give us brand new, perfect, glorious, immortal bodies that can accomplish everything he planned and intended for us. As long as we live in these sinful human bodies, all right, we are not living up to our full potential. We are not living the way God wants. We are not able to accomplish uh, the, the unity and the love and the purpose and the significance that God always wanted and desired for us. The only way we can accomplish that is through death. This, uh, again, brings up the biblical principle that death always precedes resurrection. There cannot be any resurrection without death. And if we want to get to the resurrected state, to our glorified bodies, then we must pass through death. So, so death is not a curse but a cure, all right? Death is the cure for the sickness that came upon us because Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, all right? And Genesis 5 does go on to show this, that uh, after Adam and Eve, the whole incident with Cain and Abel and so on in Genesis 4, everyone experienced this kind of death, this physical death. So over and over and over in Genesis chapter 5, 
uh, we, we hear the phrase, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died, all right? So, so uh, this type of death um, is the physical death, and it does come up on everybody. Now, again, remember at the beginning of the study, I said, what do you think about when you think about death? Well, you probably think about dying from old age or sickness or disease, and that kind of death is a consequence of eating from the tree of, of, good, of the knowledge of good and evil. And we do see this kind of death in Genesis chapter 5, over and over and over. But here's what I want you to notice. This type of death, this, this type of physical death, dying from old age and so on, is not the only type of death mentioned in these opening chapters of Genesis. In fact, this type of death is not the primary type of death that Scripture talks about over and over and over on almost every page throughout the Bible. And this type of death, this physical death from old age and sickness and disease, is not the type of death Paul has in view in Romans 5. Natural death, it's natural. And while God did not originally intend for us to suffer natural deaths, all right, he sent that or he allowed that to come upon us as a cure for our disease of sin, the sickness of sin, the rebellion and all the problems that come along with that. All right, and so it's a it's a cure, not a curse. All right? But this is not primarily the type of death that Jesus came to rescue and deliver us from. He did, okay? We will have eternal life both now and in eternity because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. All right, when we receive our resurrected glorified bodies as well. But this is not the not primarily the type of death Jesus came to rescue and deliver us from. All right? And for this, we need to look to Genesis chapter 4. When is the first death in the Bible? Have you ever wondered about that? Lots of people think, well, the first death is probably there at the end of Genesis chapter 3 when God killed a lamb to give uh, tunics of skin to Adam and Eve because they discovered they were naked. Right? Is that the first death in the Bible? Well, go read Genesis chapter 3 very, very carefully, and you will discover that God did not kill anything there at the end of Genesis chapter 3. We read that into the text. It's not there. And if you want more evidence on that, then go listen to my podcast on Genesis 3.21, which provides further evidence and study to prove that that is the case. God doesn't kill a lamb in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. People say, well, okay, then it's in Genesis 4, 4 and 5, when, when Cain and Abel bring offerings to God, and Cain brings his fruit, and Abel brings a lamb, and kills the lamb and gives it to God. Well, again, a very careful reading of the text reveals that Abel did not kill a lamb there either, okay? There is no death in Genesis chapter 3, 21, and no death in Genesis 4, 4, and 5. By the way, there's a podcast episode on Genesis 4, 4, and 5 as well, so I'm not going to try to defend my statement there. You'll just need to go listen to that podcast. Just go look uh, in your podcast subscription, look for the episode on Genesis 4, 4, and 5. So when is the first death in the Bible? The first death of any kind in the Bible is in Genesis 4.8, when Cain murders his brother Abel. And the significance of this death, that the first death is a murder, 
is a fratricide, a murder, murder of a brother by a brother, right? It cannot be overstated, okay? Since this first death in the Bible is between brothers, this reveals that whenever we humans engage in any sort of violence against another human, we are engaging in violence against a brother or sister, a family member. All violence against human beings is family violence, intra-family violence, violence against members of our own family. Okay, that's one of the things that this truth, that the, the first murder, this first death reveals. Okay, but beyond this, it's very important to know and recognize the source, the reason, the cause for this violent murder. And Genesis lays it right out. He, he talks about Cain's desire to have what Abel has and the rivalry he engages in to obtain it. And because of this rivalry, this scapegoating, this desire, which is crouching at Cain's door, seeking to devour him, all right, Cain murders his brother Abel. And then after this, later in the chapter, Cain goes off to found a city. And that shows us that this murder and violence between humans is at the foundation of human civilization. Right? It's really foundational chapters here in chapter 3 and chapter 4 especially. Okay, now, it's not just the murder of one against another, though, that concerns God. God is, the cons God is also concerned with the human tendency to escalate violence and uh, retaliate through revenge by, you know, you slap me, so I stab you, so you shoot me, right? You see how it's escalating? <laughs> but then you shoot me, so what happens? My family members come and kill two or three of your family members. And so seven or eight of your family members come and wipe out my entire clan. And so my town comes and wipes out your entire town. All right. And, and you see, and, and pretty, pretty soon we're off to war. All right. And this is, God did not want this to happen. He knew that humans retaliated and escalated violence in this way. And so God puts a mark on Cain. This is Genesis 4.15 to basically say, let the violence stop here. Right? God knows that the death of one tends to lead to the death of many. And so he tries to stop that process with Cain. But it doesn't. You go on, continue reading on in Genesis chapter 4. We see that a young man hurts Lamech. So what does Lamech do? Lamech kills him. And then Lamech goes on to say that if Cain would be avenged sevenfold, right? then he would be avenged 77-fold. You see this escalation that's happening here that God is warning us against? All humans, as we engage in violence against others, you know, Lamech here, he feels completely justified in what he did. And that's the same way all humans do. Well, I had to. I had no choice but to retaliate, right? That's what we always think. All violence is justifiable by the person who commits the violence. It was just self-defense. Everybody thinks it's just self-defense for the most part. Right? I had to take it because, you know, he, 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 he obtained it for himself illegally, and so it was my right, it was my responsibility to restore justice, and I had to do, you know, I had to fight for the little guy, or had whatever the case may be. 
But this sevenfold retaliation here in Genesis 4 is already escalated to 77-fold, which, by the way, brings up that whole point about forgiveness. Should I forgive my brother sevenfold? No, but I tell you 70 times seven. Anyway, whole nother topic on forgiveness as well. Okay, and then Genesis 6. What happens in Genesis 6, 7, and 8? Well, it's this flood. And we see the beginning of Genesis 6, that this 77-fold vengeance that Lamech talks about has already escalated and has overtaken the entire earth. Right? So now, according to Genesis 6, verses 5 and 11, the, everyone on the earth is only evil and violent all the time. It says it twice in this chapter. The very thing God was trying to get humans to avoid, the escalation of violence, has come to pass And just two chapters later. Everyone was only evil and violent all the time. Violence has escalated to the point it has become as contagion. It has covered the face of the earth. All right, and so then there's this flood that happens, and God sort of starts over. Whole nother podcast discussion on that, which I think I have a podcast episode on the flood as well. You can go back and listen to that. Okay, so look, we've seen these two forms of death. Yes, there is this physical form of death. Death from sickness and old age, that's the sort of death we all think about when we think about death. All right, and that is a problem. But the bigger problem, the emphasis in these opening chapters in Genesis, and most importantly, the emphasis throughout all of Scripture is this second type of death. This is the death that comes as a result of violence and leads to an escalation of violence. Right? The death that plagues humanity, that is our primary problem in this world, and which Jesus came to rescue and deliver us from. Not primarily the death of dying from old age and sickness, those sorts of things. Yes, he did, but that's not primarily why Jesus came, that we can die and go to heaven and be with him for all eternity. No, Jesus came to tell us to stop killing each other, <laughs> all right? Jesus came to fix the problem, the death problem, of humans killing other humans, and that now, finally, brings us to Romans chapter 5. Here's what, again, what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 and 14. Therefore, just as one man, or just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and then look at this, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one to come. And then Paul goes on from there, and you can read the rest of the chapter for yourself. Paul's argument in Romans chapter 5 is that sin and death, are, they're not linked to the law. That's why he said, you know, it has nothing to do with the law, because people were dying and sinning before Moses ever came on the scene. All right? Uh, that's why he says death reigned from Adam to Moses. Right? Even over those who hadn't sinned according to likeness, okay? He's saying the law has nothing to do with it. It's not about law breaking. Lots of people today, you know, the why did God give us a law? Well, he did give us a law to show us that we are law breakers, but death and sin and it reigned long before the law ever showed up. Okay, so this is what Paul is saying. Right? And, and so uh, this word death is closely related to what Paul is talking about here. And when we read Romans chapter 5, we shouldn't be thinking that this sin and death that Paul is writing about, is the sin of Adam and Eve eating from the forbidden tree and the physical death that came upon Adam and Eve and all their descendants as a result. 
No. The sin and death that Paul has in mind are the only sins and death that the author of Genesis writes about in these opening chapters of the book, of the Bible even. Did you know that sin isn't even mentioned in Genesis chapter 3? Sin isn't mentioned until Genesis chapter 4, where it is described as Cain's desire to engage in rivalry and revenge against Abel. That, according to Paul and according to Moses in the book of Genesis, according to all the biblical authors, that primarily is sin. That is the human problem. And is that sin of rivalry and revenge and the escalation of violence that leads to death. What type of death? Violence, war, bloodshed, condemnation, murder, scapegoating, all of those sorts of things. And we see that Adam and Eve began this process. It's true. I'm not saying Adam and Eve didn't sin. They did. They disobeyed God. And then you see immediately after that, they start scapegoating and blaming each other. They engage in rivalry with each other. And then Adam even blames God. Well, the woman whom you gave to be with me, God, right? Eve blames the serpent. It wasn't me. It was the serpent. He tricked me. You see how the blame is happening? All right. So we see that cycle begin right away with Adam and Eve. But it comes in its greatest picture. It's full fruition in Genesis chapter 4, where sin is mentioned for the first time and death is mentioned for the first time, all in connection with Cain's rivalry with Abel, leading to his murder of Abel. So what is, Rome, what is Paul talking about in Romans? Yes, Adam introduced both sin and death to the world in Genesis 3. That's true. But both are not fully revealed until Genesis chapter 4. So when Paul writes that sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, don't be thinking about Genesis chapter 3. Be thinking instead about Genesis chapter 4. The death that is most concerning to Paul is the death that comes as a result of violence. And Paul goes on to talk about this. As death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, Okay? You don't need to be thinking about, again, Genesis 3 or trying to figure out what he's talking about here. He's referring to Genesis 5, death comes on everybody, and he died, and he died, and he died. Genesis 6 and 7, all this violence that covers the face of the earth, right? Yes, yeah, some people died from old age, but most, the vast majority of the people who died in Genesis 5, 6, 7, and 8, the vast majority of them die from this contagion of violence that covers the face of the of the earth, this flood of violence even. And here's the key, as Paul goes on, which I don't have time to cover for you today, but you, with this insight, can go and read Genesis 5, 6, 7, and 8. In fact, the whole book of Genesis, really, in a whole new light. Paul goes on to say that this is not what God intended for humans, how he intended humans to live, right? He planned for us to live and work together with each other and with him, in peace and harmony, right, as partakers in the task of multiplying on the face of the earth, taking care of the plants and animals, expanding the borders of the garden to cover the whole earth, right? And that was the righteous life that God wanted for us. Instead, we chose blame, accusation, finger-pointing, rivalry, scapegoating, 
And all of that leads to death, the violent death of killing our family members of the human race and often doing it in the name of God, which makes it even worse. So Jesus comes along and he, he comes along and he, he, what does he do in his life, his ministry, his teaching, even his death on the cross? Jesus' ministry can be summed up in two words. Stop it! That's what he's saying. Stop it! Okay, he's our brother and he's calling, he's, he's showing us what we do to each other and he's calling us to stop it, to stop killing each other, to stop accusing, condemning, scapegoating, blaming each other. This is what the whole book of Romans is all about, right? Uh, Paul talks and he writes about rivalry, scapegoating, and violence based on the law. That's Romans 1, 2, and 3. And he does talk about how to receive the life of God, the righteousness of God, eternal life, justification, he calls it, by faith. And this is in Romans 4 and 5. And then these truths then lead to freedom from sin. That is, we don't have to scapegoat and accuse and condemn and blame other people. God doesn't, so we don't need to either. Romans 6 and 7, but we still struggle with sin. And so we no longer have to live in condemnation from God and one another. Romans chapter 8. And then Paul applies all this in Romans 9 through the end of his letter. Right? A, a proper understanding of what Paul is saying. In fact, the whole Bible, a proper understanding of what the whole Bible teaches about death helps us make sense of what Paul is saying here in Romans and really the rest of the Bible, the whole, the whole point to the Bible. The Bible, overall, the big picture theme of the Bible is, look what you guys are doing to each other. Here's another way, a way in Jesus. And what was the way of Jesus? Well, as we were killing him, accusing him, condemning him, scapegoating him on the cross, he did not seek to retaliate. He did not seek revenge. What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We humans think that to stop violence, we need greater violence. Jesus says, no, <laughs> you just need to forgive. Okay, so this is death in Scripture, and it's what Jesus came to rescue and deliver us from. And we engage in the practice of death. When we approve of scapegoating, condemning, killing other human beings. First death in the Bible, not when God killed a lamb or when Abel killed a lamb. It's when Cain killed his brother. And whenever we call for the death of another human being, whether it's through war, retaliation, whatever it might be, we are following in the way of Cain. Jesus showed us another way. Rather than seek revenge and retaliation, we are to love and forgive. This is the way of Jesus, and this is the call of the gospel. Here's the gospel. The gospel reveals how we participate in the killing of our brothers and sisters. And then following the example of Jesus calls us to abandon these practices and love and forgive others instead. That is the truth that Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 5. The main concern of Scripture regarding death, the main concern of Romans chapter 5, is that death comes from scapegoating violence. This is the foundational sin of the world, the sin that started it all. And this is the type of sin and death that Jesus subjected himself to, immersed himself in, not by committing this sin, but by letting us commit this sin against him. 
so that he might reveal to us how we are enslaved to sin and death, and so that he might show us a way out. We gain this deliverance by choosing to follow Jesus in the way of love and forgiveness, rather than rivalry, accusation, and blame. And once we've seen what death is and how we have deliverance from all forms of death in Jesus Christ, it is then (laughs) that we don't have any more fear of death. And we can say along with Paul, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Well, I hope that makes a whole lot more sense to you about what the Bible teaches about sin and death. I think if you take these sort of two twin ideas of sin as rivalry, accusation, blame, scapegoating, and how it leads to death, this violence, this accusing, condemning violence where we kill other people thinking that we're doing the right thing, especially when we kill other people in God's name, right? You take those two twin ideas, you will read Scripture in a whole new way. The entire Bible will become a completely different book to you than you might have ever seen it before. I do talk about this a lot in several of my books. The Atonement of God is one. Nothing but the blood of Jesus really spells this out clearly. And it's also in many of my courses. The Gospel According to Scripture is one course that talks about this. Uh, But also this Gospel Dictionary course that I am currently working on. 52 keywords of the Gospel. And many of the words we look at of these 52 bring out some more of these ideas. The words such as blood and sacrifice and scapegoating and law. All of these relate to this concept of sin and death that I've tried to briefly summarize and explain to you today. So if you want to learn more about this, you can get one of those books or better yet, join my online discipleship group. Go to redeeminggod.com join and you can get all the details there. Can't wait to see you there. Now, next week, we're going to continue and talk a little bit more about death. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 where Paul talks about how we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Lots of people read that and say, see, if you're dead, then you can't respond to God. So we'll be talking a lot more about that next week and what that means. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Can't wait to see you then. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.